Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 544, recorded live on Saturday, January 20th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who still hasn't put up a baby gate for his dog, Dave Play. Hi. And the man who now has a baby gate set up right next to him, Andy Lohai. For a baby. Yes, for a baby. Not for a dog. Nope. So baby neither gates. of us have set one up for a dog. For dogs and babies. I I don't I don't need a dog gate. Like we have doors. The dog can't go through doors. I just looked it up just in case you're wondering. Yes, they actually have dog gates. Yeah. Which I, I wonder mean, they're, if they're basically more expensive the same or less expensive than dog or So uh, so here's the thing. How tall is your baby gate? Uh about let's say about two feet. I have seen my dog, my ten year old husky, jump over four feet. Go ahead and tell me how effective a gate will be. True. Yeah, what was it? I think we had, uh, I think we had uh, my sister's dog and my brother's dog both over um, for, I think, like Christmas or something like that. And my brother had a little tiny beagle. Mm -hmm. My sister had, I'd say like a medium-sized dog, you know, size of like probably a little bit smaller than Laz, but, you know, like maybe... I don't know, maybe golden retriever size, small golden retriever size. So we had a uh, like a, a bed gate set up in one of the areas because that was what was wide enough for the entryway so the dog couldn't get into the nice room. Um, so, yeah, no, all the time, like, yeah, she would just come up to it and just, you know, she couldn't, you know, didn't really jump over it or anything else like that, even though she probably could. Um, and then <laughs> Carrie's dog comes in and just literally just like walks over it. And then Izzy's like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> and then was like, you know, oh, I can, I can move over this thing. Yeah. But yes, no, uh, it seems Isaac is not crawling, crawling, but definitely able to move around. So, uh, we're trying to keep him contained in one room, which, you know, has a three foot wide doorway that, you know, has no door on it. So, a three-foot-wide doorway with no door. Yep. I'm going to actually probably have to find a baby gate with an actual gate, though, because um, this thing is hard to, to swing our leg over. Oh, you want one that, like, you can open? Yes. And and close and, and lock again? Yes. Okay. So, yep, I have reached that stage of parenting. Where you need to have some sort of gate for your baby. Yep. You have padding. areas of the house you do not want him to go into. Well, yeah, because, you know, he likes cords because he is his father's son. Yep. Saw that coming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, if he came over to my desk right now, it would just be, oh, my God, look at all the cords that, you know, have electricity running through them. Oh, what is he going to do? Bite through them? Well, he's got a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he gets a second tooth on there, then. In the right place. Yeah. There's got to be, I mean, there's, if he has a tooth, there's like two other teeth that you have to worry about. Because I don't think he's going to have the coordination to cut something with his teeth until he is like teeth right above and below each other. You should be far more worried, I think, about choking on things than just cords. He could pull the cords. That would suck. I, yes, he could also, yeah, pull on the cords. It also would not be helpful. So, yeah, so it's a baby gate time. Yep. Oh, it's growing up so fast. 
Six months it's been, <laughs> just in case anybody's keeping track. Yay, six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Not not six-year-old. No, Six-month-old. Six-month-old, yes. That, yeah. Six-month, yeah. not year. Yes. God, if he was six years old already? Did, no. <laughs> nope. That's, that's not a thing. Nope, nope, nope. So, that's what's going on around here. Okay. Uh, not much going around here. We got our rings. I saw that. You picked yeah. blue? Uh, blue-green, the, the azure. Did, uh, did she pick the same color, or did she pick a different color? Same color. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah both of us picked, uh, green for ours. Cool. Not the same green we picked. No. No, you, no, this you one is like... like the emerald green. Yeah, this is like, uh, green lantern green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so, last night, we... Or, you're, you're familiar with Injustice, right? The video game? Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, like uh, DC characters play Mortal Kombat. Yes, but there's actually like a real story behind it. It's not just, hey, let's throw DC characters into Mortal Kombat. Okay, it's, that's it's just like, like having Kombat. a story for Twisted Metal. It's just like, no, really, you, no, you no, don't no, really no, need no. a story. Andy, they're the cutscenes of this game for Injustice 2 total two and a half hours. Oh, jeez. So someone took all of the cutscenes and removed the fight scenes, like the, the actual interactive part, and just strung all the cutscenes together. And it's a two and a half hour DC movie. And it's really damn good. It's probably the best DC movie that's ever been made. Huh. This is like what Batman v Superman should have been. Because it really is Batman v Superman, because that's the, the theme of Injustice. There's also a comic series that is the prequel to each game. So the game takes place five years after this one key event. Okay. Well, that just seems so fun. We, we watched Injustice the other night, and that's you brought up the Green Lanterns. That's where that came from. Gotcha. Because like, some really crazy shit happens in the Injustice comics where uh, Hal Jordan becomes a Yellow Lantern. Uh-oh. And sides with Superman, who also becomes a Yellow Lantern. What? Wait, no. <laughs> what? And then the entire world watches Superman kill someone. Oh, jeez. And he's a Yellow Lantern? So, like, you know, bad shit. So last night, since we have these rings, as you mentioned, right? Yours are the color of the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, since we were on kind of this DC kick, we looked up the Lantern Oaths. Wait, Oaths? Yeah. With an S? I thought there was just the one. Well, there's the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. Right? Brightest day, dark, uh, blackest night. night. Yeah, yeah no evil, evil shall, shall escape, escape my sight. sight. Yep. But those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. So even within the lanterns, uh, within the Green Lanterns, they have actually multiple oaths. Uh, I do have to look them up. I don't have them all memorized. <laughs> we are not comic book nerds in that sense. But, like, so there's the Alpha Corps, which is the internal affairs of the Green Lanterns. Uh, in days of peace, in nights of war, obey the laws forevermore. Misconduct must be answered for. Swear us the chosen, the Alpha Corps. So, oh. like, it's, it's just really cool. And, like, all the different colors have their own oath, because clearly it's not the same ones. Uh, orange, which I, I had considered. Laura and I were thinking of going to, like, um, C2E2. Yeah. And we were thinking of trying to do some sort of cosplay as the Lantern Corps. And so I was thinking of going as, as an orange lantern. 
and their oath is what's mine is mine and mine and mine and mine and mine and mine, not yours. <laughs> so I've been really enjoying the Injustice comics. Uh, and then we sat down and just watched the two games because they are frigging movies and they're fantastic. I probably should have just saved that for the random review at the end. But like, seriously, I think these are the best um, DC movies that they've made. I'll have to take a look at that. Granted, I don't really have two hours of free time. Two and a half. Two and a half hours of free time. And it's it's all it's two and a half. It is exhausting because it's like all action. The story has already been set up. The play like this is the, the culmination of the story. There is not like downtime. That's just yeah. yeah. No, is that on like YouTube or something? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I can send you the links. All right. But I mean, you, you kind of have to know about what's happened in Injustice in the comics to really appreciate it. Well, that's what Wikipedia is for. Yeah. Or Comics Explained, a YouTube channel. Really? Mm-hmm. And there goes Andy's afternoon. Nope, nope. I got to finish uh, working on our bench. We've got a bench by our door that's uh, just a few inches too short to be able to put two sets of shoes underneath it because it's got a little okay. shelf on it. Yeah. So I, uh, I found the, the, the screw size for the feet that screw into the bottom. And so I bought some hanger bolts or they're called double taps or different bolts where it's got machine screws on one side and like a wood screw on the other. Ah, so you just so, got to screw in a peg. Yeah. So I've, I got, I found a table leg that the, that's the same width as the, uh, feet on this bench, cut that to the right length. And so I've drilled some holes in the wood part of it. Now I just got to get the screws in there. Yep. But I tried just, you know, sticking the thing in my drill and doing it that way, but it, it stripped the machine screws. Oh, so I'm going to go to like Home Depot or something, get some like nuts and then just use like a nut driver on the drill in order to put the thing in. Yep. So. Well, the nice thing about listening to Comics Explained is even though it's comics, you don't really need to see it. Nope. So they do have pretty can, pictures. Yep. But, but you, you, really... you could. I mean, that's the purpose of having the comic is yep. the pictures, right? Yes. That's why comics are as expensive as they are. Yeah, I didn't know how expensive they were until I was like, you know, one year I was like, you know, let's go buy a comic. Oh, my God. Go it's like a comic. And, you know, they, I bought one of them and I'm just like, really that much? And they come out how often? Yep. I see. That's why hey, the, the only comics. Let's see. The comics that I have, I have all of the Hit Monkey, including the variation covers. Um, and I have all of the Assassin Creed comics. And I think that's it. I've got, you know, books that I've gotten from other people from Christmas for like the, the big Batman series. Like, you know, the Killing uh, Joe. Yeah. Killing Joke, The Long Halloween. I swear Halloween. we're not nerds or comic book nerds. <laughs> I swear we're not comic book nerds. I, I don't say that because, like, I don't want to be one. I say that because I don't want to, like, offend the people who actually are. Oh, my gosh. It's like the time when we tried to talk about The Watchmen. It was like the one time I got a hate email <laughs> for the podcast. Well, good to know that people are listening. Yes. So, Dave, are you out on uh, Tuesday night? Uh, am I or was I? Was was you? Were were I? Were I? Were you? Were you out um, on Tuesday night? Yes. I don't think so. Oh, because we were out on Tuesday night and we still missed the meteor that. Sh- 
I think I was working late Tuesday. Yeah, it was around, I think, around 7 o'clock. There was a meteor? There was a meteor that actually landed in Michigan. Michigan is a big state. Can you be a little more specific? Uh, The guys who found the meteorite chunks were over by Howell. Okay, so actually not too far away from you. Well, closer to Ann Arbor than us, but you know. Michigan, I, I learned this this week. Michigan is the 22nd state by land area. So right in the middle? Yep. It is the 11th state by area. Because mm. all the Great Lake. Well, that and there's so much water inside Michigan as well. It's just ridiculous. I don't know if that counts against the land area or not. I don't know. Probably not. But yeah, no, on, on Tuesday, a according to uh, NASA, it was a six-foot meteor. That's the big meteor. Six feet that, you know, crash-landed in Howell. <laughs> as, as opposed to, like, not crash-landing? Well, uh, meteors can just burn up in the atmosphere. Yes. So, to be, to be uh, actually technically correct, well, actually, um, the meteor did not land. The meteorite landed. Yes, the meteorite landed. Right? The yes. meteor is, is when it's in the air. Once it's on the ground, it is meteorite. Yes. So, yeah, so, so I guess the Sloan cool. Museum and Longway Planetarium, you know, did the math and actually, you know, tracked down where it landed, or at least where they thought it was going to be landed, and they found three, uh, three pieces of meteorite. Nice. One of the original sources of iron. Mm-hmm. Or, like, workable iron. This one actually didn't have much iron contact and actually didn't pick up on the metal detector. Huh. I wonder I know, what it's weird. mostly made of. I don't know, but they're sending a piece to uh, NASA to have them take a look at it. Cool. So, yeah, no, there was a... We didn't know about it. You know, I, I, we were out shopping, because that's what we do on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I come home and I'm checking the Facebook feed and everybody's like, oh my God, you see the lights, you hear the noise. And I'm just sitting there going like... What? 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 <laughs> yeah, and especially all the people still in the Ann Arbor area were like, dude, it like shook the house. So yeah, there was a there was a meteorite that landed in Michigan. Crazy. I mean, I'm sure that actually does happen relatively frequently. But yeah, true. Just the you know size. But this of was the a thing. sizable one. Yeah, right? this was a big one. Cool. Very cool. So I, there's I there's did... the there's the space nerd in me, you know, coming out. Yeah, I I had no idea that that happened. That is news to me, as they say. You learn something every time you listen to R.A. Podcast. I'm not listening to R.A. Podcasts. What? I'm recording it. There's a difference. It's a pretty big yeah. one. Yeah, I, I don't tell anybody, but I don't listen to it either. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I used to listen to it, all I would do is just pause and then yell at either myself or Dave. Like, what were you thinking? Yes. Why did you do that? Or you start to, to learn uh, the, the, I don't know. I lost where that was going. You learned something, maybe. I got nothing. All right. Uh, what's up with Aereo? Remember Aereo? Yeah, the little tiny TV antennas that got shut down. Yeah, well, because it wasn't really a, a little antenna. Like, it was, but the Aereo was really the service of, like, one person having thousands of those tiny antennas and then, quote-unquote, reselling the broadcast, right? Yeah. Well, someone's kind of trying that again. 
a, a New York organization, a nonprofit organization, uh, is trying to broadcast, sorry, trying to stream broadcast TV. Oh, this is... It's just different enough. Yeah. Because it's region-specific, it's uh, not charging for it, so they're not profiting from it. Lowcast should be able to legally transmit broadcasts thanks to a part of the U.S. federal copyright law that permits nonprofits to do so without the approval of stations or owners. Right. So, I don't know. <laughs> well... I think the guy knows what he's getting into because the co-founder of the new service is a law professor at Georgetown, former executive at Dish Network, and was a legal advisor to the FCC. Uh, well, that's that's good. <laughs> I, that doesn't guarantee. No, but I think he has an idea of what he's talking about legal-wise. Yeah, Just, but at the same time, I, I have to imagine that like people at Arrow, Aereo, like consulted lawyers on this probably and they did you know have their argument go all the way up to the supreme court so right there were lots of lawyers in part of their service yeah so that's that's what's going on with Aereo is that this other group is maybe trying to kind of do the same thing again well it makes sense though because the power outputs of the digital tv stations mm -hmm. are way less than the analog TV stations were, most of the time by like a factor of 10. Okay. No, that, you know, that's because you don't need as much power to just put the digital signal across than the <clears> analog <throat> signal, but still the coverage area then, you know, shrinks a bit. Mm. And the digital signal is a lot more susceptible to dropouts and interference from things like, you know, walls and metal and, you know, other things that your house is built of. Which in a large city there is much of. Yes. Well, okay. So it there is a there is a there is a need for this thing there because the TV services are you know aren't as far granted everybody you know has cable which that's what the TV stations basically get most of their money from is the retransmission fees rather than you know advertising. Mhm. Mm but still that's it that's that's treading on thin ice on this one but I think they might be okay. But I guess we'll find out if somebody sues them. Yep. Someone probably will and we'll see where it goes. So we'll keep tabs on that. Mm -hmm. uh, AGDQ wrapped up. Awesome games done quick. Well, that's the speedrunning one, right? That's the, the speedrunning marathon. They do two of them a year, right? There's the AGDQ and SGDQ. So AGDQ is the awesome games done quick. SG is summer games done quick. Gotcha. And AGDQ just raised $2.26 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Well, that's nice that they are able yeah. to donate that amount of money. It was, uh, it was a very impressive marathon uh some really 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 talented people laura and i started watching just the beginning of the breath of the wild marathon of like this one guy did a hundred percent of the story in breath of the wild in four and a half hours oh jeez. yeah <laughs> i know that i used to be able to just sit down and play for four and a half hours straight yep i can't really do that anymore <laughs> you could I probably could. I wouldn't want to. If if Isaac were asleep or Kate had him out somewhere else and you just sat down and you got like involved in a game, you could do it. Yeah, maybe. Case in point, my good friend out here who is also a, a new dad, uh, 
he downloaded They Are Billions, and I quote, I bought it last night, then it was suddenly 11 and everyone else was asleep. He usually goes to bed at like 9.30. Yeah, Isaac normally is down at 9 to 10, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so you, you could still do it, trust me. Whether it would be a good thing for you is something else, but you could still do it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just incredible to watch that run. I think my, my favorite part of it, though, there was a uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past randomizer speedrun. Randomizer speedrun? Yeah. So someone made a mod that you, you take the source file and you drop it into the mod and it moves all of the items. Oh. So like every chest is moved to a different chest. So normally if you open up a chest at the end of a dungeon that would have something, you know that is the goal of the dungeon, it might just have a ruby. Right. And generic, you know, pot. And this one little side pot that was supposed to be like, here's 100 rupees, might be the hook shot or the bow. Oh, geez. And so So, it's, it's, you have to know the game really, really, really well. Uh, They also did it swordless. So they didn't have a sword. It was worth watching. It, it, I, I promise you, it is worth watching just for the, like, hilarity of watching these guys play this game. That's just crazy. Yep. Oh, you said these rings charge by infrared? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I th- it might have just, I think, ultraviolet, but I'm not sure. Ultraviolet, okay. I was thinking about what it would take to make a ring charging station. Besides just, you know, having it sit under your cell phone for a little bit my i dude i don't know if my phone is different than you i have the galaxy s7 it does not charge it very well mine works out quite well it'd be you know actually helpful if i actually put it where the light is that would be helpful hit it with a uv light okay so yeah if you just get like a uv bulb on amazon Mm -hmm. and then you just get a little box to put it in that's kind of, you know, maybe like got tinfoil or something, something reflective. Yep. It's kind of like a little easy bake oven, but for your ring. I was thinking of, of making like a little uh, UV strip that would go around something and you would put the ring, like take a pen and stick it straight up, put the ring on that so that the ring is just there and it won't move and then have UV lights around it so that it charges it. Yours would probably I was be just going to say, just put it in a box. <laughs> That's, yeah, yours is probably easier. Yeah. Light bulb, box, you know, tinfoil to reflect it. Yep. Yeah, it's like a solar oven, just not cooking anything. <laughs> so what's up with this Nintendo Labo? I don't know. It's... Uh, <laughs> so it's it's like a cardboard cutout sort of thing to build stuff for your nintendo switch it's yes it's like they ship you you purchase cardboard that is is pre set up to fold and bend and cut in the proper places and you make it's almost like paper craft yeah that's what i was thinking this is like paper craft but but then it hooks into the switch for example, a fishing pole Toy-Con will fit a Joy-Con controller in its real mechanism, and as players turn the reels crank, a fishing minigame on the Switch will respond appropriately. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's, it's Nintendo going into, like, the peripheral world 
It's about all I can say about it. It's Nintendo going into the peripheral world, but with cardboard. Who are they trying to target Anyone. with this? Anyone. Really? I don't know. It's... <clears throat> I'm just like, trying to picture, you know, getting this at some point in the future yeah. for Isaac when he's older. Yeah. I'm wondering how quickly the cardboard will get destroyed. <laughs> I mean, the cardboard's probably the cheap part, though. It's cardboard, right? Yeah, it's it's cardboard, so... So that's that's the cheap part. Like, that's the easy thing for them to produce. So getting more of that is not going to be difficult. I just I just look at it and just, I don't know about it. Yep. But it looks really cool, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it looks cool. The video is nice and all that at Jazz, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that was like, how practical is this thing actually going to be? Probably more than we would expect. Do we have a release date on this at all or no? Uh, not that I've seen. It's available for pre-order. Well, yeah, many things are available for pre-order. Correct. Huh. What you could do, though, is if one of the cardboard pieces breaks, yeah. you just get some more cardboard and just cut out your own piece for it. Right. Like, it. as I said, the cardboard is the cheap part. Yeah. The design of it is the, like, costly yeah. part. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. And then you can modify it and such as you need. Yep. Could be interesting. Speaking of cardboard, though, Amazon. What about Amazon? Well, two things. One, the Amazon Prime price is going up. Yeah. If you pay by the month. Oh, I don't think I do. The uh, The annual membership is still $99 for a year. Okay. And if you're a student, it's like even cheaper. Yeah. But you have to keep on, you know, re being a student. student. And you don't yep. get all of the Prime bonuses if you're a student yeah so um yeah if you uh if you want to pay by the month um it used to be 10.99 for a month now it's going to be 12.99 for a month that's a pretty big increase in price yeah 18 percent yeah to working out to uh, 156 dollars a year so um yeah it's the monthly payment options going up mm-hmm which, you know, would make sense because I, I, I know people who actually just get Amazon Prime just for the holiday season. And then get rid of it. And then get rid of it once, you know, that, January 1st happens. All that free, free two-day shipping. Yep. When you're buying a bunch of things. Yep. Oh, the uh, monthly Prime program for students is jumping 18% uh, to $6.49. Still cheaper. Yep. I also did not know this. They have monthly Prime membership options. For customers on government assistance. I did not know that either. It's got a 45% discount on Prime memberships, $5.99 a month, mm -hmm. uh, to U.S. residents receiving government assistance. Mm. That is remaining unchanged. So yeah, shoppers with an EBT card are eligible for the lower price. Huh. That's neat. And the other Amazon news is the Amazon 2 headquarters is not going to be in Detroit. Oh, was Detroit even in the running? They were listed of the original 218 cities or 238. Sorry, 238. Yeah. Yeah. So Detroit's out, but Columbus, Ohio is still in. Yeah. All right. Just, well, let's see. Ready? Yeah. Prediction time. Atlanta. Georgia, Austin, Texas, Boston, I'm not going to say all the states, uh, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Denver, Indianapolis, L.A., Miami, Mont 
Montgomery County, Maryland. I have no idea where that is. Nashville, Newark, New York City, Northern Virginia. There is evidently a city named Northern Virginia. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Raleigh, Toronto, and Washington, D.C. Montgomery County is between Baltimore and Washington, D.C. Okay. Which do you think is going to get it? Okay. Where's their current headquarters? It's got to be Silicon Valley, right? Seattle. Oh, yes. That makes sense. All right. Where would they put it? Isn't FedEx got a major hub in Indy? Or well, but this isn't a warehouse. This is like their headquarters. This is going to be R&D. This is going to be programmers and customer service. Oh, okay. Now, that said, I mean, having a, a FedEx headquarters nearby could mean you could have better relationships and better conversations with them. D.C. has the advantage of being in D.C. Yeah. So when Amazon's trying to do anything with the government. Which, you know, that also could include, you know, Montgomery County, Northern Virginia. Uh, is Philly over by there, too? Ish. God, I feel like I should know my geography. Uh, the eastern seaboard just kind of blurs together. <laughs> Which, yeah, no, it's, yeah, Philly's over there as well. So Philly and New Jersey are all in that same area. Northern Virginia, I'm guessing, like Charlottesville and that sort of stuff. Richmond, which is also in that big area. So they're they're really focusing on that whole D.C. metro area. Well, except when you get to things like Toronto or Nashville or Los Angeles or Miami or Indianapolis or Austin or Chicago. Or Columbus, or Dallas, Austin or and, Denver. Boston and Dallas, that's the tech area of Texas. Boston's got a big tech thing. Uh, almost with- all of these have big tech. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, by the way, um, Milwaukee was also in the original list of proposals, and they did not make it. No. I don't think... Indianapolis would probably be able to give them like, the best deal on land and space and access. So I'm looking at this list, and I feel like it goes down to either politics or tech. I don't think they're worried about like wherever they go, tech will go to them. Really? You don't think so? No. You don't think if Amazon said, Hey, uh, Kalamazoo looks great. We're going to find this really uh, huge amount of space and it's not too far. Well, it's actually really far away from any major airport, but it's like a two and a half hour drive to a major airport. Uh, we, we want to, we want this kind of more remote location. You don't think people would still apply there? Oh, I, I don't doubt that people would still apply there because it's, it's Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Wherever no, they go, the talent will follow them. They could seed a tech boom in a city. I have a feeling. All right. This is where I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to go into Northern Virginia because that's still close to DC. It's still close to the East coast, but I wonder how. Virginia's tax laws are. That's what I'm guessing it's going to be is just, you know. I think Toronto, I'm I'm surprised to see Toronto on the list. I would have thought that having your HQ2 in a different country would just add so much complexity. I don't think they want Miami. That's got to be a really good deal for that to still be on there. 
Eastern like, seaboard know, putting... would be nice because then they have representatives on both sides of the country. The downside is that your own company can't work well with itself. No, the three hour time difference. Well, the three hour time difference anyway is going to that. That's another thing towards Indy is it's less of a time difference, especially Indy and Chicago. Right. But L.A. is no time difference. True. And L.A. is one of the major ports for um, Chinese imports. Right. I don't know, man. Like the the things they got to be thinking about are so high level. I'll be very interested to see where they pick. This is a wide range of cities. Yeah, kind of want to map those out. There is a huge cluster around DC, though. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I have a feeling they're going to pick something in that area, but not you know in DC proper. I don't know. Okay, well that was Amazon. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the FCC. Yes. Of course, we talked about the FCC. That's been the biggest did. thing all year. Yeah. Um, the FCC and and its dear chairman, Mr. Pai, had initiated movement towards equating mobile internet access with broadband. Yes. And we said, that's a really stupid thing. Yes. Well, part of the FCC is now saying, that's a really stupid thing. Uh, the FCC has... Uh, put in its annual draft a comment about these are not the the same thing, that mobile services are not a substitute for a fixed service. So yay! The FCC didn't try and screw most of the country. Uh, the downside, of course, is that they did say that they still want to take a holistic approach and look at the bigger picture of both of them. Aye, aye, aye. We want to take a less- view of the whole market and whether we are both making progress in deploying fixed broadband services and yeah. progress in deploying mobile. They are not the same. No, they are not. By the way, you can buy a hundred uh, UV LEDs for five dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of LEDs. Yeah, that is a lot of LEDs. Oh yeah, the fun bit is uh, the bench is using metric screws. So I actually had to order these bolts from China because that was the only place I could get them. I could not get them anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Imperial Measurements, because mm-hmm. screw the metric. God, I... <clears throat> Sorry. You Still can't are. believe they're trying to compare mobile broadband to regular broadband. That's just... Right. Stupid. Mm-hmm. It is stupid. Ooh. 10-piece ultra-bright UV LEDs, $2.60. You're going to wire this up yourself? I'm thinking about it. Soldering's not that hard. Right. I don't know that I'd even need to solder. You just wrap wires together. Yes, you could wrap wires together, I suppose. (laughs) Like, if you want to be a barbarian. God. I found, when I was digging through some of the the wiring the other day, which was fun, um, that somebody had run uh, an Ethernet cable from one side of the building to the other, but they were in it short. Okay. So it was about uh, 15 feet short. I don't know why it was 15 feet short, but it was. So they have these little, like, uh, electrical, like, snap connectors where you just put, you know, both sides of the wire into the thing, and you just, it's, it's it looks like a little, like, aspirin or Tylenol or something. It just looks like a little pill. And you just snap it together and that, you know, connects the wiring. And they had done that and then just wrapped it all in electrical tape. 
I just looked at him. Wow, that is so janky. Yep. Ah. Ugh. So do you want to talk about Google here for a second? Uh, sure. Um, well, Google is doing their own basic IT professional certificate now. They've launched the Google IT Support Professional Certificate on Coursera. Okay. So uh, it's a course designed and taught by Google IT support experts. Coursera, They say you need zero experience to start out, and after 8 to 12 months, you'll get this little certificate, and then um, uh, uh, people who complete the certificate will be able to use the Coursera platform to share their resumes with companies including Google, Bank of America, Walmart, Sprint, GE Digital, PNC Bank, Infosys, Tech Systems. So I... I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, Google kind of wants to go after CompTIA. They want to go after who? CompTIA. I don't know who that is. CompTIA is basically the guys who are in charge of the A-plus certification, Security Plus, Network Plus. Ah. The Computing Technology Industry Association. Okay. Basically, if you're looking for an IT position, even just a base IT position, most likely you need at least an A-plus certification. Okay. I like I know I needed that for, you know, my job. And so Google is trying to to replace that. It, that's what it looks like. It looks like they're starting their own. So there looks like, yeah, certificate includes six courses, fundamental theory, hands on practice. And um, they're also providing financial assistance because Coursera is what, like $50 a month or something like that. Uh, something like that. Something like that. I don't remember what the exact number is, but they're also going to provide financial assistance to 10,000 people in the U.S. So they're going to provide a scholarship for this thing as well for 10,000 people. Cool. I don't see anything wrong about this. No, this is, you know, granted, you know, it's Google specific, you know, created it. So I'm wondering how, you know, platform neutral it's going to be. (laughs) We're going to teach you everything you need to know about our language. And screw everyone else. Here's how you do everything in Chrome. Yeah, Chrome's been actually getting into some trouble with that. Uh, there are now, like, Chrome-specific websites. Oh, jeez. I thought we... Got rid of that? Yeah. Yep. I know Thought's there are some so websites that I have to go to and work in Chrome because uh, Internet Explorer doesn't handle some of the new web languages correctly. So I, I I know there's some things in there that are like yeah you gotta you gotta do this in Chrome because yep. you know Internet Explorer can't handle it. Yep. But then there's also web pages that you know were built specifically for Internet Explorer, and if I try to go there in Chrome, it does not work as well. So yeah. So if, in case you're you know anybody in there who's looking to get into the IT world, this here's looks a new like opportunity. A pretty, yeah. And the other uh, Google news was um, Google software engineer was at a security conference. And pointed out the number of people who use two-factor authentication for their Gmail. It is probably not nearly as high as I would like it to be, is it? Less than 10% of active Google accounts use two-factor authentication, and only about 12% of Americans have a password manager to protect their accounts. Mm-hmm. Ah, why don't people take security seriously? I do. I have the Authenticator app on my phone with multiple accounts attached to it. I've got all of our market managers using it now. Um, so I, I don't know what to, you know. 
I feel like it's it, it was a lot easier to get people to use it after somebody didn't use it, had their email account hacked, and then had an email spam sent out to the entire company. Ooh. Once that happened, then other people were like, oh, yes, how do we do this? Because they don't want to be the next guy to screw something up. Yeah. So they, uh, the Google Authenticator, I think, was also trying to make it easier with my phone that I wouldn't actually have to input a number. I would just have to um, have my fingerprint attached to it. And so I would just put my fingerprint there and then it would read that and go, yes, you know, this is you and then log me in, which I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, that's that's what your phone does. Yeah, that's what everything else is getting ready to do. In fact, some of the new phones over at uh, CES and probably a little later at MWC, uh, the fingerprint reader is in the screen. Oh, my. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So you will not touch the the power button. You'll just like touch your screen and your phone will turn on. That's crazy. Ooh. So what else? Of, Samsung's finally putting a FM chip in their phone, which I think is really weird because they like, actually used to have FM chips in the phone and then they got rid of them. Well, haven't you always been able to just plug headphones into your phone and and use that as the antenna to pick up an FM signal? Yes, that's what you do, is you plug your headphones into your phone, and that is your FM antenna, yes. Right, so why do I need a chip? The chip is the actual radio receiver. If I, okay, so my phone has it, so I can plug my headphones in there and do it, but Kate's phone, I do believe, does not have the FM chip in her phone. So even if she plugs the headphones in, all she's doing is plugging in headphones. There's no actual radio receiver built into the phone itself. But, so but that's the headphones are receiving the FM signal no matter what. I mean, that's that's how electricity works. Yes, but there's nothing in the phone to decode that signal. But couldn't it just be software? Yes, but you would need a chip to run that software. Your processor? It's it's not that simple, Dave. You actually need the the, the, the chip in the thing. Yes, okay. there are software-defined radios out there, but they still need a demodulator for the FM signal. Okay. So yes, you could try and you know build something in there, but then you would have to literally put a chip in there just to read the FM you know radio waves coming off the headphones to demodulate that into an electrical signal for you to actually do something with. I see. So that's the chip that's now being put back into the phones because it yes. used to be there. It used to be there, yes. Then they removed it because of space and you know nobody was really using it. And then next radio came out from the radio industry and is trying to convince the radio, you know manufacturers to uh, put it, back, put it back in again. Yeah. Now, the thing is, in, in this documentation, they talk about how it uses so much less data. Yes. Why does it use any data? Uh, for now playing. And, um, uh, like, actually, I have the Next Radio app on this phone. Okay. So what it does is, um, if it doesn't have a data connection, it will just act like just a normal FM radio. But if it does have a data connection... It will bring up um, title and artist, like now playing information, you know. Mm-hmm. But my car can do that. Isn't that just on the signal? Uh, now playing data, uh, there, there's two levels of it. There's one that's called uh, RBDS, which is Radio Broadcast Data System. It's a, it's a signal that you can kind of piggyback on just a regular FM signal. And that will give you that little like eight characters you see on the screen. That, you know, kind of just scrolls through of, you know, what's playing or just lists the uh, information on there. 
and then the more robust data that you get from the HD radio stations, that's the title and artist, that's like, you know, the, the album cover, that it allows you to, to give much more information because it's a digital signal, so you can just throw whatever you want down it and bring it back. So most of the time, uh, I don't think the FM chips are built maybe to receive RBDS information. I don't know. But uh, most of the time, I think they just will pull the information from the website. Yes, because they're we actually are part of the Next Radio app, and I had to plug in the Next Radio information into our web site encoder. So it pulls the now playing information from our web player and sends that to your phone, even though it receives the audio signal over the air. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to really ramble on that no, one. But this no, is, no, this is, is literally... That was my fault. This is literally the stuff you do with at work. Yes. My bad. I, I accept full responsibility for it. Let's move on. Okay. <sighs> Sorry, I have to, you know, I have to like cleanse myself. <laughs> uh, how are we doing on time? Uh, we're getting close. Okay. Um, BMW wants to actually charge you a monthly fee to use Apple CarPlay in their car. But I bought the car. Yes. Like, I didn't, because I don't own a BMW. But if I did, I bought the car. Yes, you did. Why are you charging me for things in the car that's, well, like, part of the car, that you sold as part of the car? Now, OnStar I get, because they're like, and the car comes equipped with OnStar, but that's not included. Well, just to let you know, some, you know, most manufacturers actually happily include the CarPlay service for free yeah. when you buy the car. BMW originally said, hey, just pay us $300 and you'll get, you know, CarPlay free forever. So it's just a one-time upfront fee. Yeah. Now, starting in 2019, BMW will charge you $80 a year to use Apple's CarPlay service. What does CarPlay do? Like, is it just hook into my Apple library? Ah. (laughs) Do we not know? I always thought it was like the... uh, CarPlay is the smarter, safer way to use your iPhone in your car. Uh, puts it so it connects your iPhone to the car's display. Yes, that's all. It's, it's provides access to Apple apps such as phone, music, Apple Maps, yeah. iMessage, iBooks, podcast. It, it turns your car's display into another screen for your iPhone. Yes, and Apple does not charge for this. Apple's like, hey, here it is. Like everything's all set. And there are, oh my god, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 times 4 is 52, so 53 different car manufacturers slash brands uh, that are equipped with this. Buick, Chevy, Cattle, so GM, basically. Yeah. GM, Ford, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mitsubishi, Mini, Toyota, VW, BMW, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Fiat, like all these big companies do this. But BMW is saying, no, you have to pay for this. Yes. And they said the reason why is that they get a passive revenue stream. Um, well, OK, so uh, CarPlay isn't entirely free. Man- car manufacturers who wish to officially support Apple products must pay a licensing fee to either Apple's made for iPhone program. Or, um, where's the, this is not a very well written article. My apologies. Okay. So yeah, they must pay a licensing fee to enter Apple's made for iPhone program. So the car company has to pay a fee to Apple to use this. Right. And they're just trying to pass that fee onto the consumers. 
Yes, because they said most of the people who, um, they, it would actually save most BMW owners. Vehicle segments where BMW plays are notorious for short-term leases, and those owning the cars for only a few years will save money over that one-time $300 bill. You no, know, they, they could just, like, to be clear, they could just roll that cost into the car, and no one would think anything of it. Yeah, that's what GM does. Is GM just put most likely just puts that you know as part of the part of the bill, right? But because they're like, no, 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 this is a special thing, and we want money monthly. Bullshit. Also, random observation. I just found out. Like, I just realized by looking at one, uh, the circle dimples on a golf ball are not all the same size. No, no, they're not. I hadn't realized that. Oh yeah, no, the the technology for golf balls has really advanced. And, and they can actually um I looked into this when uh Costco, Costco at one point um cuz they, you know, they do the Kirkland brand of, of things. Mhm. They came out with a Kirkland brand of golf balls which uh according to people was like like top level, you know, titleist golf balls. Like this was these were great balls for a really cheap price. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm, I just realized. I, I couldn't help it. It yeah. <laughs> slipped out. All right. Um, they got sued, I think, by Titleist or something else because of some copyright infringement for like the, the design of the dimples on the ball. So they actually had to get pulled. And then the new balls, when they came out, um, I guess there's like a classification of, you know, golf balls that the PGA has to do to make sure that, you know, your balls are legal. Yep. Good night, everybody. This is just, oh, so many innuendos in this podcast. It's ridiculous um, that they're like classified as like now a subpar ball compared to what they used to be because there's a different uh, dimple organization Pattern. and uh, filler material as well inside the ball. Okay. Keep taking us down these really weird side paths. My apologies. <laughs> I can't believe BMW is trying to charge for that. Yeah. That's that's just, ugh. Okay. Now I'm just curious what cars actually run Android Auto. Let's find out. Go to androidauto.com or android.com slash auto and scroll a lot. Uh, Scrolling a lot down. Frequently asked questions. Uh, It was basically the same list. (laughs) Yeah. It's like exactly the same. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. 42, including Nissan, GM, Ford, yep. Audi, Buick. No BMW. Good, because they try and charge you for it. <laughs> so I have to see if my phone is compatible with Android Auto and then see if my car is compatible with Android Auto. What do you have? Well, I have a 2003 Ford Explorer, so it's not going to uh, be compatible at all. No, no, no. But you could get a stereo that is. Yes. JBL, JVC, Kenwood. Some big names in there: Panasonic, Sony. Right? Should I uh, go to the randoms before we uh, start going down some more? Sure. Um, innuendo holes, I guess. Which in itself self is an innuendo. Go yeah. on, go on, just go next. Well, uh, random random review is your week, Dave. Oh, uh, it's my week, huh? Mm-hmm. I will review my scale. Which is? I have a Fitbit Aria scale. Fitbit Aria scale. Now, is this the original or the two? I believe it's the two. 
I'm not sure where I could go to find out. Oh, no, just the Fitbit Aria. I do not have the Aria 2. Ah, okay. Oh, but my, my battery is low. That's sad. <laughs> Wait, your, uh, your phone is telling you that your scale battery is low? Yep. The scale's battery, by the way, are just AA batteries. Oh, well, that makes sense, yeah. No, so, it doesn't need a right, high like, constant drain. Because it's only on when it's on, and yeah. otherwise it's just this really low trickle to wait for you to turn it on. Um, it's, it's nice. I'm, I'm really, I've, I've had it for quite a while now and it's nice. I mean, not, you know, it's a scale. So, oh, it's a scale, but it's, it's just a good way of trending over time. Cause I'm guessing it keeps, you know, it keeps track of your weight, but it probably also keeps track of, you know, your BMI and that sort of thing, right? Uh, it keeps track of your weight and your percent body fat. Okay, which then you can figure out your BMI and other things yeah. from that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I've, I've got like my, uh, one, I got it about a year ago, so I've actually gotten up to the one-year average, and you can just track the weight over that year, and you can see how you're doing. There's, there's not a whole lot there, right? Like, it's just, it's your weight. It's a scale. There aren't a lot of great features for it, but I, I think just having it, and being able to record that data and see that data has been very helpful. Usually, right, when you get on the scale, you look at it, you're like, hey, there's a value there. Okay. And then you get off. With this, it's never forgotten. No, yeah. The, so you- the value is stored, and you can go back and look at that trend and try and figure out why, uh, for instance, I lost like 10 pounds in August last year. <laughs> Something doesn't seem right with that one. I think that might have been a miss. Uh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I went from like 162 in July to 156 by the end of August. So I just lost six pounds somewhere in there. You know, no big deal. Uh, I was going to say PAX was September, so it wouldn't have been that. So I don't have much else to say. Like it's it's a Fitbit product. I'm I always enjoy Fitbit because the company is really nice and I like what they've done. Um, it was super easy to set up. It doesn't require me to sync with the phone. It's just on the the house Wi-Fi. Uh, Laura and I can both use it, and it tells us apart. How can it do that? Well, Andy. Yeah. When when you have two people who have different weights and different percent body fats. It probably just assumes it okay. can make a pretty damn good guess about which one of you is standing on the scale. Yeah, the Aria too. It says on the website that it can actually recognize up to eight people. Yep. So, and and even if it doesn't, like it has from time to time gotten us confused with each other. But you can just like tap the scale to be like, no, that's not me. Pick the other one. Well, that's nice. So been able to trend weight, been able to watch it over time, and it just goes into to help build a more complete health picture. That's nice. How uh so do, can you actually buy the original anymore or can you only buy the two? You might only be able to buy the two, but it's what, like a hundred bucks? Uh, I'm checking right now. Uh hundred and thirty on yeah. the Fitbit website. So just wait for it to go on sale. Uh, but it's I I really like it. We have the white one. Okay. Well, that was uh, Dave's review. Nice and short. Mm-hmm. So, random topic. 
Mm-hmm. Rolled ahead of time. Mm-hmm. After working in a public school, has your experience teaching altered your perspective on your own behavior in high school? Mm-mm. No? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm sure it did. I, the thing is, I don't really remember myself from high school. Do you? Do I remember myself from high school? I'm not sure. Right. Like, I don't know. I was a person. There's, there's the two things there is, you know, how do you perceive yourself versus how does everybody else in the school perceive you as well? Mm-hmm. Because everybody in high school thought I was a kook. <laughs> I did not think you were a kook. It, it makes sense, though, for goodness sakes. I wore, you know, a bathrobe to school one day a week. I mean, it's just... Oh, my God, I forgot you did that. Yeah. Okay, you were a kook. <laughs> you did some really weird shit in high school, didn't you? Yeah, the, the duct tape outfit, yep. Wearing the fatigues every Friday, yep. Fatigue Friday, yep. yep. Which I thought that was hilarious when I literally donated the fatigues. <laughs> was that senior year? I have no idea. Uh, the school was doing a silent auction to... Uh, to raise money for some services or something like that. So I just donated my fatigues because it was senior year, and I'm like, I'm not going to wear this in college. That's just, you know. That would be silly. <laughs> yeah, plus they were getting small on me. Yeah, so, you know, I put them up for auction, and I think they I raised like 50, 60 bucks for it. It was just like, oh. Well, okay then. Okay. But yeah, no, everybody in high school thought I was a kook. I... I'm trying to think of my own behavior in high school, which was probably not... No, I wasn't disruptive. I was just lazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it uh, it, it was not the uh, best time for me. It worked out in the end. But, no, I looking back, my, my working in public school was a substitute teacher, which, you know... It's a very different experience. Yeah. You're just sitting there trying to make sure somebody, you know, doesn't throw the recycle bin out the window. And sometimes you can't even do that. Nope. You just looked at it and you're like, why did you, why did you do that? Because I, I wanted to. to. Figure out, yeah, it was like, thought it'd be fun. All you had to do was sit here and watch a movie. I'm bored. That's all you had, like, that's all you had to do. And instead, you, you pick up the recycle bin and you drop it out the window. Nope, I'm bored. So, you know... I don't think it really has altered my perspective on my own behavior in high school because, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I, it was hard to tell how other people thought of me versus what I thought of myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going with that. I was a bad student, and I, I knew I was a bad student in high school. So teaching other bad students really made no difference. Uh, I think the only thing that changed for me is I, I realized that my teachers didn't care that I was like that kind of student. It, it didn't annoy them as much as I thought it might. But that's about it. Okay, that's the... Uh, that's it. That's, it. <laughs> that's what we got. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.